This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Well, hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, recorded live from my bedroom and just down the road from me in St. Helens and also social distancing is our Liverpool FC, our chief Liverpool FC writer, I should say, Ian Doyle. Ian, how are you? I'm okay, just uh, looking at all the walls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to get used to that, unfortunately, aren't we? <laughs> uh, it, it it does go without saying, like you know, our health and well-being and family and friends is is like the most important thing at this time. But do you think it's only human that some Liverpool fans may be thinking today? We're on Saturday, the twenty first of March. That this could have been the day that Liverpool won the league because. Obviously, if they were beating Crystal Palace today and then maybe won the Merseyside derby as well, they could have been crowned champions. Do you think it may have been in people's minds just a little bit? I think it, it, you know, they're only human. I think, of course, they will be thinking that. You know, Having waited so long for the field to win the title, for it to be so close, you know, you get to within two wins and then the football stops. And while we all understand and we totally agree with why it stopped and why it might not be starting again for, for quite some time... It's it's going to be a bit of a bittersweet date today, isn't it? Because as you say, Liverpool, you know, there's no guarantee they would have won it. They would have won at Everton uh, last Monday, but they would have given themselves a chance. And then everybody was looking to this Crystal Palace game as the one where they they could seal the title. And you know, this realistically would probably have been the the first day, the earliest day they could have they could have won the league. And now it's been, you know, I wouldn't say snatched away from them, but it's been delayed, hasn't it? I mean, the the, the thing is, I think the reason that they're so much not angst but frustration I think is because you know everybody knows Liverpool are going to win the title by now I think you know they only need two wins from the last nine games had it been like three points clear I don't think there'd be anything like this because it would still be very much in the balance or even like seven eight nine even ten points I reckon it would still be in the balance with them still having to go to to City having to go to Arsenal play Chelsea at home and go to Everton so there would have been enough tough games but no, it's it's unprecedented in in so many ways. Not least because you know the way that the season's been suspended, but also the fact that Liverpool are twenty five points clear. No one's ever been that before. So even if they've still been playing games at the moment, it would still be an incredibly unusual situation because no one's ever had the experience of any team in you know, certainly in England of being that far clear at, at any stage of the season, even at the end of the season. So yeah, it is it is frustrating for Liverpool fans, but. I think it's, it's, it's at the moment obviously it's not exactly top of the list of priorities but it's certainly a talking point yeah definitely you're completely right you know everything comes with the caveat that there are more important things than football in the world at this moment in time but I don't know if relief is the right word it probably isn't you know given the circumstances but at least Liverpool fans now know one way or the other the Premier League, the FA and UEFA do want to get this season finished when, let's face it, maybe four or five days ago we were running stories online on the Echo with different people who had different self-interest self-interest, and we were wondering whether the season would become null and void, but at least now we know that it, it will be finished at some point. Yeah, I mean, I was always of the opinion that it would get finished. I wasn't really particularly concerned that it wouldn't. Uh, whether or not all of the competitions get finished, I don't know, because, you know, it, it, with the FA Cup, for example, because there's only four quarterfinals, two semi-finals and a final to be played. They could just play them at the start of next season, whenever that is. So, you know, you know that the teams involved in the, in the early rounds of the FA Cup are not the teams that are playing in the uh, the latter stages. So the, the, the scope to do that, a bit different for the league because that's something that, you know, well, 29 games and for nearly everybody, you know, you look at some of the, you know, look at the lower leagues and they played even more games. They've got even more games to play. So I think, you know, it's common sense and also it's common sense just to say, look, 
we're not going to put a definite date that we need to get this finished by because we don't know when we're going to be back. And also, they don't know how, in what way they're going to be back. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I mean, you look at the likes of Karen Brady at West Ham, we've spoken about her before, just, you know, coming out and saying that, which just it didn't reflect well on her, so mm-hmm. it didn't reflect well on the ownership. And I know there are a lot of West Ham fans speaking on social media were saying, hang, hang on, she doesn't represent us. We want to just carry on the season and finish it. So, I mean, it wasn't just West Ham. There were one or two other clubs from what I've heard. I think I think Watford may have been another one who would have been quite keen to see it cancelled. I can't imagine why that would be. You know, pretty much the same reason as West Ham. Mm-hmm. Put a lot of money into the Premier League and to then, you know, be in a position where he might miss out or get relegated. You know, it, it stands to reason that they'd want it to, uh, to be ended in the same way Liverpool or Leicester or Wolves or even Manchester United would have wanted it to, to continue. But we have to only go with the news we got from the... Uh, from the meeting on Thursdays that you know 20 clubs came reached a consensus that they wanted to continue so it must be that all of them are committed to to proving that and it was interesting that the statements that came out wasn't just a Premier League one it was a joint FA Premier League EFL all of the elite football leagues the PFA as well they're all in it together they all know that for the good of you know sporting integrity we I mean, forget for a second that Liverpool are top of the league because Look at the you know the teams that could be coming up, and this has been said before. The teams, as I say, just then Wolves and Sheffield United, Leicester, who are competing for European place, that could be very important for the club going forward. So, you know, they've put in the effort, they've, they've done everything that they can do. It seems a bit stupid to even consider going right. We'll just scrap all of that. And we'll just start again. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem right, and thankfully they've come to the right decision. Agreed. So we've got on hold for a, for a few weeks, maybe months of football, but it is our job to, to write, to talk about it. Uh, and you're on social media every day, most days, even though we're not going to see football again for a while. Are people still discussing it? Is there still an appetite for the game or is everything that people are talking about an impact of obviously what's happening in the world with the coronavirus? I think, well, you'd be daft not to be paying particular attention to what's happening in the world because it's going to affect everybody. So, you know, that stands to reason. But because of that, I think people are also already starting to look for distractions in a way. Because, you know, it's certainly in England, here we are in the UK, I should say, that, you know, restaurants are now shut, cafes have shut, pubs have shut, cinemas, theatres, you know, there's going to be no concerts, no gigs, no nothing. So there's no reason to go out other than to get your essential shopping. So it's what else can people do? So they will talk about, you know, what's going on in the world, but then they also want to talk about other things. So I think, the actual communities of sports, not just Liverpool, we're talking every single club, is finding ways or, or discussing ways or discovering ways that to, uh, you know, keep, you know, for want of a better phrase, you know, feed that particular addiction. Yes. Because that's what it is when you support a club. And and it's a large part of people's lives. I mean, I know we spoke just before we did this that you read Jamie Carragher's yeah. column uh, in the Telegraph today where he said, we understand this is, you know, Football, football, I should say, is not the most important thing in people's lives, but it is a big part of people's lives. And he said he's got a big hole in his life now where football was, and you know he's already he can't wait for it to start again. And I think it's one of these ones where people will start. Not that I'm saying they didn't appreciate it, but they'll appreciate it that little bit more. And when it does come to the time where, because personally, this was me speaking, I think they'll start with games behind closed doors and possibly mm-hmm. the rest of the season behind closed doors. When fans are then start able to then get together whether it's in smaller numbers or then bigger numbers or however it ends up in terms of social distancing that they'll appreciate it a bit more because you know football is a game it's a sport uh, where 
the main people involved, the people on the pitch, but anybody who's ever been to a football game will know that that's one thing. But if you have supporters on top of that, it's a completely different thing. And that's what makes it such, you know, as Pele said, the beautiful game. And, you know, there are other sports you're looking at. We're both from, you know, from a rugby league town. You know, that, that the team is now not playing. It's the same with, you know, rugby, you know, yeah. cricket as well. They've stopped that. You go over to abroad to other sports, basketball, you know, that, those kind of things. Absolutely everything stopped. All team sports, all individual sports, everything. So it is difficult. It'll make people appreciate it more. But I think that, you know, that there's still the interest, but you've got no games and you haven't got anything no not nothing new but certainly some not nowhere near as much new stuff happening because the players are all currently at home aren't they you know apart from one or two in Liverpool's case who've been coming to Melwood Alison Becker explained it uh, we ran a story today talking about how he's been going into Melwood to get rehabilitation but not when the other injured players are going in and he's got limited contact with one or two people so they are you know, it's it's a chance for some of these footballers to to you know get better after injuries. But for most of them, they're just doing their own individual programs at home, and they'll be just as desperate to to get playing again as soon as it's safe to do so. And that's the key thing, isn't it? As soon as it's safe, because it's not just the fans; it's for the players as well, because they don't want to be passing the virus between each other. Because while they are, you know, in terms of individuals, the you'd think are reasonably healthy and they'd be able to withstand any effects of it. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody they go home to is in exactly the same position. So in that respect, it's, you know, the virus, the coronavirus, it, it doesn't pick and choose. It's indiscriminate. It'll just go after anybody. And I think people just have to remember that, you know, f- footballers, they might earn all these big, big you know, sums of money, but, you know, they're just as vulnerable as, as me and you. Yeah, it's very good point, well made, and I suppose time to to, to finish on a positive before we uh, end this conversation. Now is yeah, they they are like us in this situation. Football is uh, coronavirus doesn't discriminate. Uh, sometimes it does feel. I don't know if you feel the same as me that footballers don't feel like us in terms of the way their lives will be led compared to ourselves, given the the vast amount of money they earn compared to what the rest of us do. But I, I wouldn't probably level that accusation at uh, Liverpool and Everton, the players and the clubs. You've, you've covered both for a number of years mm. on Merseyside now and yeah. we've long known around here the, the generosity and the solidarity and it, it's coming through again, isn't it? You see more and more stories about what individual players are doing to help and what both clubs are doing to help. Yeah, I mean, looking at you know, Everton in, in the community has won many, many awards and it's for very good reason that that's happened. You know, but they, they've been for years, they've been worked you know, with with the people around them and they've always been willing to put things back into the city and the area obviously the Walton area Everton area where the, the, the club is based for, for Liverpool uh, recently I think this week they made a donation of £40,000 to the food banks because obviously you know, fans supporting food banks they'd normally do collections at the, the home games and with there being no games they can't do any collections so it's meant to have been four home games between now and the end of the season and they, they donated the club the players and uh, the staff members and the LFC Foundation have got together and they've they've given £40,000 at 10000 for each game. Uh, in terms of... It's also Liverpool looking at their own... You mentioned about the players, obviously, and quite a lot of money. Everybody at the club earns that amount of money. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the casual match day staff and Liverpool made a, a, a very noble decision, a very good decision, in my view, that uh, FSG, Fenway Sports Group, uh, obviously in America, they're in the same position. Boston Red Sox, they put aside a million dollars for the workers at Fenway Park, the people who work at the club who, who don't work there all the time but help out match 
whether there's a match or, and they've done the same with Liverpool mm-hmm. uh, whereby they've, they've said that they're going to put aside roughly between 200 and £250,000 for each of the, the four home games uh, for match their casual staff but not only that is then when the games actually do get played and the people who are employed to do their jobs they'll get paid again so you know they're not going to be missing out because they're not going to be working at this moment in time but then when they do actually work they'll get, then get the money again so that was a, a great gesture from Liverpool and it's you know you're right it's an example of how the clubs are connecting with the the community still and also they're looking out for the you know, their own people who help out in their, their own way Ian thanks very much for joining us mate we'll back have you back on the Blood Red podcast soon enough no problem thank you soon You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.